Well, good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Underhood Show presented by Mel Hamilton Ford. My name is Phil Nightingale. I'm the general manager. Josh Provider, service director. Josh, who's this dude set between us? Man, we got uh, we got it going on today. Anyway, uh, Caleb uh, Hopkins. Caleb, welcome to the show. Uh, Caleb is our manager of our new Mel Hamilton Auto Spa. So, Caleb, thanks for coming and hanging out with us for this hour and answering some questions. Hopefully, we'll get some callers calling into the show to talk about paint protection film, also ceramic coating. And I know there's a lot of things you can do on ceramic coating and a lot of different things out there. There's good, better, best, and there's also some pearly, not very good ceramic coatings out there also. There's also some not very good paint protection films either, correct? Very many. Yeah, so anyway, uh, we'll uh, get some questions going here real quick, fast and furious, and... Uh, Anyway, it's a call-in show, 316. God, Josh, we don't even have that thing up on there anymore. What did we, we do here? We're kind of jacking this whole show up today, aren't we? <laughs> call-in show. Bing, dang, doom. There we go. Okay, so it's a call-in show, 316-462-3673. And uh, anything alien your car, tires, brakes, batteries, whatever it might be, anything in the automobile world, anything about racing. But today it's about the Mel Hamilton Auto Spa and anything you got questions you got about ceramic coating you don't understand want to talk more about ceramic coating or the paint film uh, protection uh, or paint protection film. I say yeah. that backwards. Look at Caleb. He's, he thinks it's funny. <laughs> <laughs> funny, 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 funny. Anyway, Delbert, thanks for seeing. Yeah, it was great to see you yesterday, too. Uh, thanks for making the drive up. I hope we got you all taken care of and everything else, too, while you were here, Delbert. So, again, thanks for coming by and checking, ha having fun with us yesterday from that part. So, anyway, once again, it's questions for paint protection, paint protection film. <laughs> Got to spit, spit it, out, it there. out there. Yeah, paint protection film. So we'll talk about that and ceramic coating and all the different advantages and stuff like that. So if you got some questions from that part, 316-462-3673. That's the number to the front desk. They'll take you. Tell them you want to get patched in the podcast, and we'll uh, get your question in here, and you get a great price package, about over 130 bucks for each and every caller. Only show I know you get paid to call in on, and Josh, as always, what's in the package for each and every caller? Uh, so we're going to mail it out to you, but it's going to consist of the works, which is an oil change and tire rotation. Uh, we use Motocraft oil and filter products uh, here at Mill Hamilton Ford. While we're performing that, we're also going to complete a multi-point inspection on the vehicle, checking over the brakes, tires, steering, suspension, all the safety-related components, just making sure that that vehicle's uh, ready to go for that next 5,000 miles of driving. You'll also receive yourself $10 to Mel's Diner so you can get yourself something to eat and drink while you're here with us. Uh, you get complete nitrogen for your tires, so you get all the great benefits that nitrogen has to offer. And then a BG products package, which can consist of a can of MOA or motor oil additive for your engine oil, and then CFI for your fuel system. Again, just getting that vehicle geared up and ready to go for that next 5,000 miles of driving. All right, 316-462-3673. We'll get you on the air here in... Uh going to talk first let's throw in let's throw in let's start with ceramic coating and uh yes Delbert thank you for all the hospitality you bet glad to take care of you and everything else too part thanks for letting us take care of you Delbert we bought him lunch too yeah, we had a heck of a lunch yesterday. yeah we did we did yeah so anyway Caleb you know ceramic coating there's a lot of things about what people understand about it what a lot of people don't understand about ceramic coatings and stuff like that there's a good way to do ceramic coating there's a bad way to do ceramic coating then there's a way just to protect the paint uh so i'd like to kind of talk more about that and everything else too and uh you know i've got firsthand experience with ceramic coating on my on my 500 uh what it does we'll show you some pictures here in a little bit of our cobra that we did here at the dealership and show you some before and afters of what it does uh when i got introduced to when i got my 500 i knew i wanted to do something but i just didn't know what i wanted to do talked around got a few ideas 
And as it went through the process of, you know, you can just put ceramic coat on. Yeah. And it'll be it's much better than anything else than than nothing. Uh, but then there's the stages of better ceramic coat, and then there's better stages of better how to prepare yeah. the paint and everything else to make that ceramic coat stay there too. So kind of go through with us a little bit on let's just start with the cream of the crop. We want to we're gonna paint correct. Which means gets rid of all the scratches and everything else like that. And, you know, I knew my 500 had a few scratches in it. But when I got some pictures showing before and after, I had no idea I had that many scratches in that thing. But now it's like glass. Yeah. And, and uh, so kind of go through that a little bit with us on what you have to go through to prep a car to do a top-notch ceramic coating. Yeah. And a lot of the time, too, um, from the factory, it can have a lot of, like, denib circles. It's a little hazy. What the right hell on. is that? So <clears throat> in the paint process, if they get like a dust nib in the paint, it'll look like it'll look like a piece of dust sitting on the paint, but really it's underneath. So they'll go through and hit it with a disc about the size of a 50 cent piece and they'll just leave it and they'll ship it that way. They won't they won't take them out at the factory. So a lot of people you don't have time, I think, but with mass producing <laughs> cars is what it's taking out. Well, and then also, you know, from the paint side of things, they're interested in getting the, the yeah the minimum amount of paint yeah. on it as possible yeah. and Thin it's all possible. you know it's all a electronic or a robot that's that's performing that and as far as any it's mass production yeah. and, uh, from that side and any more coatings and paint protection film is getting to be way more needed on new vehicles because of how thin paint's getting because i mean we metered the new uh the escalate v that we did for travis mm -hmm. his paint was three and three Seven mils. And then okay, so what should have seven mils? Yeah. So paint, but the paint, correct the thickness of the paint and maybe one point three mil of clear, and that's super thin. And what do you think as far as uh, like the different colors, as black or prints? Do you see a lot so, of thin paint? Blacks, blacks, blacks and reds are the worst when it comes to thin paint because those are the two that are going to oxidize, thin out, have clear coat failure a lot more because both red and blue, or red and blue, got backwards, both red and black paint take in the sun's red and blue UV rays, so it gets attacked from both sides, where like white gets the blue because it's a cooler color. Yeah. But <clears throat> that's why red cars drive around their... They get like a pinkish hazy color because it starts to break it down when there's no protection whatsoever. So anyway, so let's let's yeah. let's go back through <clears throat> start off from square one. Let's take a black car. So oh, let's go back to to the escalate. It's got mm -hmm. 3.7 mil. What would what is a good um uh, thickness of paint? Uh good in a in a perfect world around five. Around five. Okay. Yeah. So basically what it amounts to is the manufacturers, they're trying to put as least amount on there as possible to get it through the process to get things going. So they're also supposedly experimenting with ceramic clears now. So they're a little bit harder, not trying to be able to scratch as easy, but GM Black is the easiest to scratch. Yep. <clears throat> okay, so let's go through the process of what you're going to start off with. Of course, first thing we're going to do is we're going to wash the car, right? Is there, is there a correct way to wash a car and a bad way to wash a car? Oh, there's there's many good and bad ways. Um, first, I mean, you always want to have a pH neutral soap. Um, there's a lot of soaps out here that already contain 
gloss enhancers and waxes and stuff like that. But when you're prepping for a paint correction, you want no protection being put on to that whole prep process up to the coating. So the pH neutral soap is going to keep it less acidic um, and have more emulsifiers. And what emulsifiers are is what does the cleaning. So you're going to have a really high concentrated um, low pH soap, but then have really good emulsifiers to really pull that debris off. And then on top of that, and a lot of people don't know there's a lot of debris on their cars. Yeah. And there's actually a bunch when it's, even when it's brand new, a lot of people, oh, it's brand new. Don't what, need much. What uh, really struck me as odd getting into this industry is not realizing how much uh, like rail dust yeah. a vehicle got yeah. just in transportation. And I mean, if you think about it, they're sitting in rail yards and traveling on those and stuff like that. But I've seen. Uh, and even even to that uh, F-350 that we have in the showroom <clears throat> looked really good. And then the pictures I sent you, mm -hmm. that was one application of iron and fallout remover. And it was purple and it yep. was it fresh fresh off the truck brand new yep okay so you're going to wash it with a yeah. ph neutral cleaner to make sure you yeah. get as much debris off you can but that's still not everything you're going to get yeah. to take off to, to prep this thing yeah. right so i mean even if it goes into when you do the wheels we have three different cleaners you have your rubber cleaner then you have an iron removing wheel cleaner then you have all of your your brushes different wheel woolies to get in the barrel behind the spokes in the lug holes get those all clean then you go to the paint because whenever you clean a wheel and you're scrubbing the tire you don't want to flip that cleaner up onto the paint because then you're going to get an etching spot so it's going to make a little hazy spot on the on the clear coat so after you get through that you do do your ph neutral soap you'll i always put a layer of that iron fallout remover under you let it work for about 30 seconds to a minute and then that stuff kind of tends to dry out. So I'll lay a layer of foam on top of it to rehydrate it so it can work a little bit longer and go after those little tougher spots that are on like trim, right as the trim goes under the door trim, the paint, um, on the back hatch, any of the roof, the hood, any surface that's flat to the sky. Um, then you'll go through, you'll go top down. So you'll work the roof, glass, hood, you always want to rinse your mitt periodically. Um, and then, so we have three different buckets. We have a wheel bucket, you have a rinse bucket, and then you have your fresh wash water. So you always, after every panel and flipping, you want to put it in the rinse, scrub it out on a grit guard, and then you reactivate it into your soap and keep going. So let's say a drive through car wash kind of thing, right, Josh? <laughs> <laughs> and all that takes about so, 30 minutes. Yeah. No. <laughs> Sometimes. Okay, so we've got it washed. We've got it kind of – now, the next thing is you don't use – that's the thing I told myself. Well, how many chamois do we need to get? We don't use chamois anymore. Yeah. And why do we not use chamois? Korean microfiber. Best towels made. But the re reason we don't use chamois is because it's well, just – chamois are – getting a rock in a chamois, there's a lot less room for that rock to hide. If you were to get – happen to get a little rock that would come out of the trim or a headlight for moving – if it gets in the Korean, because of how the GSM, which is grams per square meter, it's the amount of fibers in that, that square meter, there's more fibers and more stuff to help glide across the surface on that Korean drying towel than a chamois where it's just a flat piece of leather is what it feels like. But um, yeah, chamois, they just, they get rough over time. Yeah, oh, trust me, I know. Yeah. 
So anyway, what's kind of first thing is just washing your car is going to be takes a talent and an act of what to do. Yeah, I know. Kelly's trying to be funny here, isn't he? It's not that funny, Josh. It's not. He was giving me shit earlier about something, too. So <laughs> anyways, yeah. I think we're going to have a special guest next week and it's going to be. And yeah, we'll put him on the show. <laughs> yeah, I think that's what's going to. Who we're talking about is Kelly Hamilton. He's our quick lane manager. And I told Josh in the same text, he's making fun of me. Hey, we might be looking for a quick lane manager. I'm not sure, but I think we might be. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, it takes a lot of knowledge and talent and experience to wash a car correctly instead of just throwing water and soap on it or driving through a car wash, especially if you want to try to protect it. So anyway, we got it clean. What's the next step and everything else like that. And again, we're going through a process of completely paint correcting, getting the car ready to go to put ceramic coat on to make it look like a glass. So if anybody just tuned in or whatever, so next step after washing, what happens next? So after washing, um, <clears throat> washing, washing. Wash, wash, wash. <laughs> That's my country talk right there. <laughs> oh, um, so after that, uh, we have a various different amounts of like blowers, dryers. We'll go through, get all of the cracks dried out, um, get it totally dry because if you have any of that leftover iron fallout and it's seeping out of like a door handle or an emblem or anything like that, that can further cause you some trouble in the paint correcting side. So you dry it with blowers, though, right? Blowers and then the, the towels. So what, what is kind that? of what towels you, again? Yeah, what, what was the towel? Um, it's Korean uh, microfiber. So they're Korean. There's two different. You start putting some Chinese, words together here, are you? <laughs> there's Chinese microfibers and then there's Korean. I don't Chinese. know what it is, but the <laughs> Koreans made a better one. <laughs> they It's just higher quality. But so we'll use that to kind of pick up the, the residual and stuff. But. Um, with the blowers, you can get it fully because, like, whenever you get into the correction part, if you're polishing across the door panel and you get a drip from that mirror, you can sling compound and polish everywhere. Yeah. And it makes it sometimes it'll just smear it and it's hard to get off. But it's just a couple extra steps makes the whole job be better in the long run. So, after you get it dried and everything, um, depending on how bad the fallout and and if it had tree sap or anything like that, we'll either do uh, a clay bar process. Whoa, whoa, so, whoa, whoa, slow down. A clay bar process. What's that? Yeah. So that is mechanical decontamination. So there's chemical, the iron and fallout removal, and then mechanical is a clay bar. So there's two different. So it's actually like a bar of soap, right? I'm just trying to sort of listeners yeah. understand too what's yeah. happening, but it's like a bar of soap. It's it's almost like grown up Play-Doh. Oh. No. Okay. Hey, Delbert Alt wants his job. In case you didn't know, he just texts that there too. Oh, so wants we Kelly's got, job. We, we got a replacement <laughs> coming up here. So. <laughs> okay, so clay bar. What do you do with that? How does it actually work? What do you do with it? And everything. So, I understand it's play doh, but yeah. <clears throat> so you'll have your um, your slip solution or some type of lubricating fluid detail spray. Not uh, water though. No. So, I mean, you can use water if you put a little bit of, like, even if you used your, like, Dawn dish soap if you wanted. Um, but you want that clay bar to be gliding Slick. on the surface because if you're rubbing a glay or a glay, a dry clay bar on the surface, you're going to introduce marring. Scratch. Because clay bars, a lot of people have this. A lot of these companies tell people that clay bars don't scratch, and they do induce some marring to the paint. So are you just actually patting it on there or you're, no. you're scrubbing so you'll, you'll spray your slip solution and then you'll take it and put a little bit of pressure and you'll just kind of lightly move it over. The and surface. what's it doing? So it's pulling, 
So that iron product pulls that contamination out of the pores of the paint. And then that clay bar is going to come in and pick up any residual or pull the remaining bits out of the out of the, out of the, out of the yeah. clear, basically. Getting it to where it's perfectly clean, to where when you stick your pad on there, you're not rubbing that contamination and debris around, creating more more scratches as you as you start yeah. to polish the car. And then also having that contamination and debris on there, when you throw any protection on top, it's going to take down the life of it. It's not going to uh, bond properly. It's not going to look as good because you're going to have little orange and black dots all over the car. So. Okay, so now we've we've washed the car, Kelly. We've we've uh, iron fallout. We've clay barred it. Are we now ready to start polishing? Yeah. Okay. Now we're not putting ceramic on it yet. No, that is the all the way at the end. That's all we need. So right now we're going to prepare. Now we've got all the. I'm gonna how I'm looking at this is we've got all the debris off the car. It's prepped or clean, clean, ready to go. So now we're going to start applying what? Um, so we've got, <clears throat> we've probably got 20 different compounds and polishes. So, so how do you determine what out of the tw 20 polishers that you're going to start with? How do you determine that? Um, so that's when we'll get out our paint thickness gauge. We'll get kind of like a baseline reading. So we kind of know <clears throat> if it's, if it's too thin of a clear coat, meaning too low of, of mills thick, um, that'll kind of get us brainstorming as well. We'll probably go with a polish this way. Because in the long run, we are trying to preserve that finish instead of just taking a compound, throwing a microfiber, and just cutting and mowing through that and warming the paint up. Because if you're only working with a little bit, you want to get it to where it's just the safe zone and then go from there and apply. So what you're really saying is if you don't know how thick that paint is, you can burn through it pretty quick. Yeah. And then we're painting panels. Because you burnt through it. And or, then, yeah, so some of the questions I have is that you're measuring the paint through this process. When you are completely done, have you reduced the thickness of the paint any, or does the does the added-on ceramic coating build that paint back up as far as the overall so thickness? The coating will add maybe, <clears throat> maybe 0.3 microns. So microns are smaller increments of a mill. There's 25.7 microns and one mil of thickness. Uh, so once you apply the ceramic, when you get like two layers, you get maybe, I don't know, 0.5 microns of thickness. It's not much. It's just more of that added UV inhibitor from the sun and stuff like that. Um, but when you do a compounding stage, if, if all you went through and you just compounded heavy, you're going to lose about 0.7 mils. So, I mean, you do take a lot off. So anytime when you get a paint correction service, you want to have some sort of protection to put back on because <clears throat> when you get that clear coat that bare and prepped, yeah, it looks great, but you have removed some. So you need some sort of protection, whether it be a silica wax, a coating, PPF, something like so, that. So, but when you take some of that off, when you put the ceramic coat on, are you putting some more layer of clear yeah. on? Okay, yeah. I thought so, but yeah. I, want to, I want to clear that up for you. <clears throat> so the other thing I'm sitting here looking at is for Josh or I to grab a buffer and start going, we're going to burn through the paint. You, somebody in their garage just can't be, we've got a caller, don't we? Yeah. Okay. Let's get the caller. We'll get more into this. Okay. Let's go to the phones and talk to John. John, you're on live with under the hood. Yeah. Good morning, y'all. Good morning. Um, I'm just uh, uh, calling. Um, I drive a 2015 Chevrolet 
Traverse LT. Uh-huh. And uh, ever since I got the vehicle, I bought it from uh, uh, Mel Hamilton Ford. I've been having issues with my TPMS sensor, and I don't know why. Okay, and what's uh, what's going on with the TPMS sensor? <laughs> it keeps on saying that it needs to be serviced. So every time I get it fixed, I I get a another TPMS sensor light coming on. Okay, and what's the the message that it's telling you what is that message is it a specific tire is it a air for the whole system there's a, a couple different things that it could be displaying there i'm not for sure um and is it on all the I've time been or issue. yeah it's on all the time i've been having an issue also with it since i got my tire repaired so i don't know what happened okay um but you don't know exactly what the message is or what it's what the what the message is specifically yeah just saying it needs to be serviced yeah so there's a, a couple of different things uh that could be happening there one would obviously obviously be an individual tire uh and uh with one of the sensors or one of the tires not reading uh could be an actual low tire uh as far as that uh, goes as well um or there in the in the whole system able to read uh all of the tires in that specific vehicle it sh- you should be able to read individual tire pressures are you able to do that i think so yeah and you're able to read all of them um yeah they're different levels yeah yeah different air pressures uh, <clears throat> um so I don't, if you are able to read all of the tire pressures, uh, individually, then I would assume that there's probably something going on with, the uh, with the, the monitoring system or the module itself, as opposed to, uh, an individual sensor. But basically, uh, John, what we'll do, we're going to throw a diagnostic onto your package. Uh, we'll take a look at that and, uh, be able to scan it and do a, uh, uh, flow chart or follow a diagnostic flow chart and see just exactly what's going on with that thing uh, and get that tire pressure light off there. What I see a lot of people do is they think that there's something wrong with the system and then they just kind of avoid the light or don't, don't worry about it. And a lot of times it's on for, for a reason, uh, whether that is a, a low tire light. Um, and you know, uh, that's the thing is that's how you have a, a blowout is, uh, because it's improperly inflated and it's just low and then the tire starts overheating. So we'll get a diagnostic added onto your package, uh, take a look at that and figure out uh, exactly what's going on with that tire light for you, okay? All right, thank you. Okay, perfect. You have a good rest of your day. You too. Thanks. Anyway, I could talk a lot about tire lights and stuff like that too and everything else from that part, but just don't ignore that light. That's the way that it's telling you something's wrong, whether it's the system's wrong or you've got a low tire, but 99% of the time it's, it's a low tire There's situation. There's a lot of, lot of times or a lot of situations that we get into that people come in and say, oh, that light's been on for a while or, you know, not necessarily for years, but it's it's just <laughs> they they, when the light comes on, they think that, you know, there's something wrong with the system when in fact a large majority of the time it's a low tire. Yep. Uh, you know, uh, and so that those lights are there for a reason. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I still remember the source come on, a customer to come on and service. Just get this thing turned off. You know? 
I will. We got to fix that. Figure out what's wrong with your tire first. And you know, this that advancement in that advancements in that technology has come so far from years ago. You know, they used to just use uh, like uh, wheel speed sensors to yeah. determine uh, you know a low tire. Well, now there's actually sensors in the uh, tire and wheel assembly that are there to sense pressure and you know they're way more accurate than what they what they used to be and so if that lights on there's there's something going on with it yeah so anyway let's uh 316-462-3673 hey if you got something you want to talk about uh anything in the paint correction or ceramic coating and we'll get to the paint protection film i got it right that time yeah. didn't i <laughs> we'll get to that here in just a minute and uh, Rex Trigger wants to know if you're retiring, Josh. You thought I heard something about you retiring. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> That's news to me. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, get it. So anyway, we've got Caleb Hopkins. He's running our, he's our manager of uh, the Mel Hamilton Auto Spa. And uh, we're going through all the different things of paint correction, ceramic coating, everything. So, so far we've got through washing the car clay bar in the car, getting anything else. And now we're starting to pick out what polish and there's 20 different polishes, which you can decide to do. And that's where I get into. If someone thinks they can go in their garage and start oh, applying yeah, ceramic, coat, they can apply a ceramic coating all they want, but to do it correctly and not mess things up and all that kind of thing. This is a talent and it's an art and it takes some definite training and, pr and practicing before you can get good at this stuff. Right. Well, and the other side of it is, you know, the, 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 just the, depth of the paint and how much you're paying attention to that and how thin the paints are yeah. like that that alone should scare somebody from even yeah. wanting to pick up a buffer and think oh, i'll i'll do this or clean yeah. this or whatever for sure yeah okay so now then you're going to determine which of the 20 polishes you're going to start with so what's next <clears throat> um so you really would just however you feel comfortable work through the work through the paint um obviously we have I think we're up to four different sizes of pads. Okay. So we have a one-inch and two-inch polisher. We have a three-inch. It's a different machine. We have a five-inch. And then we have, like, obviously your, your rotary for after you do, like, wet sanding and stuff. So even wet sanding, we got to get into that, too, for a little bit. So <clears throat> so now you're going to start polishing. Well, how do you determine if you're going to just back into this wet sanding for a minute? That's actually mm -hmm. taking sandpaper to the clear, right? Yeah. And so how do you determine when you're going to wet sand before you polish? Are you wet sanding first or are you polishing first? Or? Wet sand first. Okay. So how do you determine if you're going to wet sand something versus polishing? Um, or do we need to bring up some of these pictures we've got of our Cobra to kind of show that? Did you do some wet sand on the yeah, Cobra? So that the white scratch that goes across the, the left fender. I think it's the very last picture. So those are sanding marks there, too. Right there. Oh, there but that's so any scratch that gives off that white appearance. So it's taken in the light, but nothing's really coming back out. So you can see the scratch. I don't, they can't see my mouse, can they? Uh no, I don't believe so. But this is a picture of our Cobra that's on the showroom right now. And I don't know if you can see that kind of in a curvature about the middle of the screen. There's a white line there, and those are the scratches. So now those would put it on that screen and see if it shows up over oh, yeah. here. Yeah, now you can see it. Yeah, right there. You can kind of see those white scratches right there. And there's real fine ones coming down through there. And so this is a time for wet sanding. Yeah. So what fender was this? That was the passenger front. Passenger front. Okay. Yeah, not one of the rear ones. Really. Yeah, yeah. from Kelly. <laughs> yeah, we did. I don't know if he was still listening or not. Yeah, Kelly, wait, you want to call in and talk about putting wheels on the Cobra, Kelly? Yeah, I don't know if you want to do that or not, but if you'd like to, go ahead and call on in and let's talk about putting them wheels on it real quick. 
He wants to talk about my wash. And <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we're going to wet sand this. So what kind of a grit or whatever are you going to use on that? Um, so I would go 2,000, 3,000 on that. Okay, and it's you're doing this all by hand too, all right? All wet sanded with blocks. Blocks, because you got to be so careful because you can you can wet sand right through it too, right? Yeah, if if you don't, like wet sanding is something that, like paint correction and polishing, you can get into that and you have kind of like a like a safe window. But wet sanding, you really need to do your research and know pressures and angles and what sandpapers to use because, I mean, you can go to AutoZone and get the thin paper, but having the Trizax, which are, they have a little foam interface built in. I think he's making words up, Josh. <laughs> no, I swear. Three, <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I know you're not. Yeah. Um, so that'll give you kind of like a buffer. There's like a for, cushion almost yeah. in that. So those are going to be a little bit gentler on on the finish because i mean some of those because you couldn't polish you can't polish these out is what you're saying there there's people that think they can, can but they're just pretty much essentially melting the clear coat down and making it so thin that it'll fail later okay so again but someone it, can't just be doing this in their garage that's, yeah. that's what i'm trying to get across is the time you've spent you and and of course uh Calvin, the other guy that we've hired to help you run the run the detail shop together. You guys have got so much time and experience, and all. we're going to have him on next week and talk to him about stuff. And probably the third week, we'll get Nor on here and talk about paint film, paint protection. God, I still can't <laughs> just get it remember right. PPF. I know I, I want to say PPF, but I know people don't know what that means. That's yeah, why this we, industry is horrible about uh, acronyms. acronyms. I, know like, I don't know if there's a, a another industry out there that is. Probably that so is the automotive industry. <clears throat> so we'll, we'll get Calvin on next week too and talk to him about his different because you know everybody's got some different ways and stuff like that opinion. So, so you can't. Someone could try to attempt to sand them out, but it takes. You don't want to take a high dollar car or high dollar paint or even a new car or whatever and take a chance of because you can sand right through that too, couldn't you? Yeah. Okay. So anyway, you sweat sanded this. So what do you do? Go through the whole car and decide where you need to wet sand yeah. it up first before so, you. Pick all of the big ones out first because if you leave those in and then you go through your whole process and then you're on your final polishing stage and you come across and you're like, oh, I missed one. Okay, now so let me ask you, start. how do you know, what what do you do to find them scratches? Is there lights? Is there? So we have three different lightings. we got a warm light, you got a bright light, and then you've got your um, <clears throat> kind of like your, your gloss light. So they're all different brings Kelvins. Of, brings different out of it yeah. and everything else from that part too. Okay, so we wet sanded that, and uh, while we keep going here, while you keep talking, so now we're going to pick out our polishes. Basically, now is what we're going to do, right? Mm -hmm. And the polishes are going to be determined how, just by what you see, what the colors, and all that kind of stuff, or what? Uh, it's really just all the time of doing it. It's just kind of like the back of my hand. Uh, I know what works on what color and what results I get out of each different one. I got you. So experience is basically what you're trying to tell me. Again, someone can't just pick this up and start doing it. Okay, so here is the right front fender after you're done, right? Yeah. Nice, shiny gloss. And if you want to see this hot rod, it's sitting on our showroom floor here at the dealership. You can come by and check out what, what we've done there and everything else too. But there it is, polished up, looking good. And I believe those scratches were about right in here. Yeah is where they were as you can see it's just crystal clear gone and now we put another coat of ceramic coat on this on the two. two we put two on this one okay oh we got a caller sorry well, let's uh let's go to the phones let's talk to larry larry you're on live with under the hood go ahead yeah guys what's the situation on the mavic 
pickups. I haven't heard much about them anymore. Well, I'll tell you what's going on with the Maverick is basically, uh, we've had, we, we got so many orders in there and, uh, they're coming in, but everything we got in the order bank is sold. And, oh, I, and I hate okay. to tell you that I think I got more. We're going to have people for the 23 model is going to roll over into the 24s because of how many orders we have and what we're getting. And of course, wow. I don't, I don't blame people. The, the hybrid is what everybody kind of wants because the fuel mileage and everything that that truck produces, which it's in it's low forties is what it gets in town, uh, uh, from that part. And I know, and there, and again, it goes back to this supply chain we have right now and they can't get enough batteries and things like that to build that hybrid truck. So if you want a 2.0, we can, I can't even put an order in for a Maverick right now. The order bank has been closed. They, they can't accept any more orders because of how many is in there and stuff like that too. This truck has just been a big hit, uh, from that part. Wow. But, uh, we've yet to have one for stock unit. Everything we've been getting is strictly sold. Strictly and sold, if, yeah. And if someone doesn't want one, and it's for some reason got it, bought something else, or decided not to take it, or whatever, uh, it's within thirty minutes, it's gone. Someone, no, the salesperson's got somebody on it, and it's gone. Oh, I guess. Yeah, but so, it is. It is a cool truck. That is for sure. But you can't even order one now. Can't even order a truck. No. Well, and that's just <laughs> a a window, right? That the order bank is closed. So eventually they'll open that back up. <laughs> It'll open up yeah. in sometime in September, October for yeah. uh, 24. September. Yeah. For 24 okay. orders. Okay. For 24. Okay. 24. Okay. <clears throat> so well, I just wanted to check on that because there's all kinds of stories going on out there about it. And I thought, well, let's talk to you. You'd know. So. Yeah. I tell you, you know, Larry, that's the thing. There's so many forums and blogs and podcasts and all this stuff. People want to talk about what they think they know and all that kind of stuff. And then, you know, the other day I had a guy say, uh, man, I just heard that the Raptors got a huge problem. I go, what's that? Like, every one of them's got oil leaks. I said, news to me. And what it amounts to is one guy had a problem. He had an oil leak. Yeah, it did happen and put it out there in the blog and everybody thinks everybody's raptor is going to have an oil leak. Uh, that's why I hate those blogs. I call them bitch sessions is what I call them to get out there and just complain yeah, and everything else in it, from that part. Uh, I, just, I hate them. I hate them because no one's talking the truth. Everyone's just trying to tear somebody apart instead of talking about the positive things in, in this yeah. world and stuff. Uh, but, uh, yep. Yep. But yeah. So, uh, what, what's the deal with the, um, Broncos? They're talking something about a problem with the motors on them. Yeah. <laughs> no. <laughs> Once again, another, another, another probably, it's, you know, another thing, yeah. and here's the thing. Everybody's manufacturing these cars are man-made pieces of equipment. They're all going to have issues. Something's going to break and it can't be a hundred percent foolproof that one happens. And that's what drives me crazy. I don't care what manufacturer it is, what product it is, or whatever. One person gets out there has got a complaint or didn't like what happened or whatever gets out on the internet. The keyboard warrior goes out there and complains mm -hmm. about everything. And then everybody jumps in and puts their time in and their, their comments and stuff. Everybody. Hey, you know what? we got a bad experience here. Let the dealership take care of it. Let something happen or whatever. But is there a problem with the Bronco motors? No, it's a 2.7 and a 2.3. Those motors have been around for a while. Uh, is there going to be some issues that happen to them? Sure. It's going to happen to mass producing something. Yeah, it's going to happen. Well, and but, the other thing, I mean, everybody has a, it doesn't matter whether it's Ford, GM, Dodge, you know, everybody has a pretty durable powertrain out yeah. there anymore. And you just don't, you don't get into massive engine troubles. Uh, you know, there are, uh, certain traits or characteristics from from different engine family sizes or whatever that that you there see a lot of commonalities on but man to have a just a flat bad you know wrap on something uh there there's a lot of vehicles that run down the road that 
have that same engine in it that don't have an issue uh, from that side of it too. So, yep, exactly. You know, it's like I okay. tell everybody, Mercedes, Mercedes is supposed to be the best built car. You're, you know, German engineered, all that kind of stuff. But the last time I checked, every one of those dealerships, you know what they got? <laughs> they got service departments too. They got technicians in and fixing their yeah. cars too. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Phil, Phil, thanks a lot for the update. Just wanted to check and make sure no I knew problem. what was going on. So. No problem at all. Glad to talk Thank to you. Now. You bet. Yep. All kinds of stuff. I'll tell you, it drives me crazy with these blogs and stuff. And just like that guy called me the other day, freaking out about his Raptor. Oh my God, they all got oil leaks. No, they sure don't. Not that I know of. Thank you. You know what amounts to? You saw it on a blog somewhere and everything else. Okay, back to we're we're polishing the car. We've got. 20 different polishes, you know, by the talent, the experience, the knowledge, the colors of the car, what you're going to use. We can't get into all 20 of them. I get that from that standpoint too. So now we're going to basically start polishing this car and make it look like glass, but you're putting lights on these cars to bring out the scratches so you can see them better mm -hmm. from that part. But the better that you can prepare the paint and the clear coat to be smooth as glass, the better bonding, the better. Yeah, exactly. The better bonding, the ceramic coat, is going to have on that paint you don't have to polish it you don't have to clay bar it. you don't have to wash it like that you can put some ceramic coat on it and it's going to protect it but it's not going to protect it as good if you don't go through all these steps i think the longevity of the yeah. of the ceramic coating would definitely be affected but then I, I don't know i also think that we're you know we're not uh we're missing a key point into this is in my opinion is where uh where we're talking about all the application uh, products that we have, but how about the facility that you're applying it in? You know, how important Being is lighting? A, yeah, lighting, uh, climate control, ventilation, uh, ventilation, yeah. um, being just not outside in the elements. You're not getting the paint heating up because if you try and there, there are really good mobile crews. They've got canopies and stuff like that, and they have a little bit different process and precautions that they take. But if you're in a garage and it's just dust blowing in and just 110 degrees out, and then you're going and polishing the paint, and while you're moving this way, dust blows down, then you're you're, you're just running back. right back over. It's that like dust. if you didn't yeah. do your clay bar and iron service, it's just putting it right back on. Yep. Okay, so let's take for example, let's just talk. Let's take an average F-150, mm -hmm. and we're gonna go through the whole process prep it correctly and all that kind of stuff. How long is it going to take you? And again, I know the difference between how many scratches it's got in it, that kind of thing and all that kind of stuff. But on an average, how long is it going to take you just to polish the car? Um, <clears throat> brand, I'm putting you on the spot there. I don't need an exact, yeah. but you know what I'm saying? Because I, I want customers to understand or, or not customers, listeners to understand about the time it takes. You can't just do this quickly. Yeah. That's what I'm getting across. Uh, Brand new. I mean, it can be anywhere from a whole day, eight hours to day and a half, just to do like a like a good uh, paint enhancement polish. Yeah. Um. Get get all the iron fallout off. Get the debris out. Um. Really clear up the paint because sometimes they come in they're a little bit hazy, just the nature of it. And then obviously the coating can take anywhere from thirty to forty minutes. Okay. So now we've spent. Let's say we spent eight hours polishing it. And of course, here is our Cobra all done in the in the detail shop there. After you got it all done, you can kind of see the lights glistening off of it and everything else like that too. 
from that part. So now then let's go into applying the ceramic coat because I know that's got to be a talent and a, the correct way to do it and some practice and everything else like that. So now we've got it polished. We've got it all <laughs> dialed in. So now go into how we apply the coating. Okay. So we have a couple different applicators. Um, there's like long, narrow ones. We got big block ones for, for doing doors. So when you apply it, you want to go either panel by panel. If you're obviously less experienced, you want to go smaller area just because of the flash time. And that's what gets into the uh, climate control. Whether it be too humid, that coating is going to flash. What do you soon. mean flash? You got to go light on fire? <laughs> so it's it's kind of like a it, it's kind of like a quicker process of when you paint. So whenever a painter is telling you that, like solvent pop, for instance, while it's curing, those solvents are coming up through the paint through the clear, and it pops out the clear. So in a way, when you apply the coating, you can wipe it on. If you wipe it off just like immediately, you're going to wipe up all your product. You got to let it sit there. It's got a lot. Some coatings they'll rainbow, so it'll get like an oil slick. Is that okay that it's doing that? Yeah. So it's all it's all part of the process. But you want those solvents to have time to flash out and leave the product that you want on the surface. And then you'll go through and we'll use three different towels to level it all off. Uh, leveling is another word for just wiping it off. But <clears throat> the first towel you're going to go through, you're going to wipe off in the same way that you apply on the panel. So the way me and Calvin like to do it, you square in the panel. You put one through the center, so most of your product will be that one. And then every time you come up and down, you're passing through rehydra yeah. rehydrating that applicator so you're not dragging it dry. Because if you have too little product and you go across, you're already wiping all that solvents, and it's flashing as soon as it can. So then it's going to give you a high spot, which is coating left over that's kind of staining in a way. So, again, you need practice and um experience with that stuff as well but, but there's both negative infect uh negative yeah. effects whether it's either left on too long or not or, left on yeah, long enough if, if it's if it's cold it's going to take a lot longer of, of a time to flash off so the, the ideal temperature is 70 to 73 degrees with like 50 percent humidity 60 percent um then you can get you can wipe it on. It's like 10 to 15 seconds and then wipe off. Hey, Caleb, where did you go to school? And did you have Mr. Miyagi? Mr. Miyagi. <laughs> Miyagi instructor. Good one, Rex. <laughs> That's pretty funny. A little wipe on, wipe, wipe off. on, wipe <laughs> on. Uh, we can get into that here in just a couple seconds here on your training and stuff where you went and all that kind of stuff too. So back to, again, Someone can do this in their garage, but again, it's not going to get the quality. And if you're not doing it right, like you said, you could wipe all of it like, off. Yeah, the lighting, the ventilation. Just wasting the, product. Yeah, and that's the other thing. When we built the detail shop, I knew we was going to have to have be really climate controlled. And I put bigger units in there just to – Three of them. Yeah, to make sure that we can control it like we need to control it uh, and get it the right environment and all that kind of stuff too for it. So – Anyway, so actually applying the coating on an F-150, say, for an example, 30 minutes, 45 minutes, hour? Yeah, 45 minutes. 45 minutes. And then how long? Then this is my next thing is there's all kinds of ideas and not ideas, myths out there, too, and uh, different opinions out there. How long does it need to set to cure? Um, I like to say on a lower 
a lower level coating you can get about a week with no washing you don't want to do any washing whatsoever while that coating is fully curing one week yeah how long before i can drive it you can drive it next day if you want to 24 hours yeah. basically it needs yeah. to set 24 hours to really cure up but again the longer it can set without even getting in the sun the debris and all that kind the of stuff the better. Can, <clears throat> so like, how about what temperature wise like do you want it um, warmer for it to cure or i i would say i mean warmer is best um sometimes some of my customers even set it outside in the sun to kind of let it bake a little bit kind of like a paint i know i let my after we did my 500 i put it on the showroom for two weeks and let's let it set there but yeah. inside is the best way to let it cure yeah with no car cover <clears throat> okay so now then let's answer rex's answer is where did you go get your training where did you do uh, and i'm sure you've been to multiple classes because i know i've already sent you a couple since you've been here too to keep you up to date and everything else too um so the one that um, I went with through here, uh, we went out to Ventura, California to train with Jeremy Stevens of Shine Supply. Um, <clears throat> he kind of goes through, helps you fine tune your skills of sanding and different polishing techniques. Um, he teaches you a lot of like the 11 fundamentals of polishing, different pads, polishes, pad angle, pad pressures, arm speed, speed of the polisher, stuff like that. Um, and kind of teaches you some tricks that he's learned over his 30 plus years of experience and stuff. So it was, it was a really good experience. Yeah. So you've, there's all kinds of classes you can go out there. There's all kinds of different ceramic coatings and there's a lot of great ceramic coatings out there. Mm. We ended up going with Gion, right? Is yeah. that, am I saying that correctly? Yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not talking your language again and lingo again and stuff too, but we've also got some other ceramic coatings because not everybody's going to want to spend that kind of money yeah. on the Gion product like we did on the Cobra and like I did in my 500 and like Josh, you did on your Corvette too. Yep. When you had your vet and stuff yep. too. Not everybody's going to want to spend that kind of money to do that. So we're, there's other protection we can do to protect your everyday driver. And that's going to be so much better than no protection and so much better than even just a, like, a, and I love McGuire's wax. I used to, I used it all the time. I think that's a great product too, but ceramic coating is just a step above that. Correct. Yeah. So now let's go through, say someone doesn't want to spend all the money, just wants to get a better protection on their car. What do we have for that? Um, so we either have, <clears throat> we have Beadlock Pro, which is I mean, great ceramic coating. Um, it's obviously a little less of a silica makeup, which is that hardening factor in the coatings. So it gets the cost a little bit down. And then we also have Gion's um, silica wax. So it's like a ceramic wax. Um, you're going to get 12 months of protection, 8 to 12, uh, depending on the care of the vehicle. And then we also have Gion wet coat. So it's a wet applied um, eight month ceramic coating. Okay. So we got several options for you. If you don't want to spend the money to, to do the paint correction and sleigh barring and all that kind of stuff too. We also got some products out there that can help you better protect your car and do a good job for you. Now, when we go do some of those products, do they need to be set 24 hours to after it's done? No, because it's, it's, it doesn't have to take as long to cure and everything else like that. And it's not going to be as deal. But if you've got a car that's, worth a lot of money you want to really protect it or it's not your daily driver or it's your pride and joy that you want to protect as well as you can we've got that that that's the geon product we want to use but if you've got your everyday driver out there that you just want to protect to make it better protect it from debris and rock chips and all that other not rock chips, i shouldn't say that but because that's where the ppf comes into play paint protection film got it ding 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 what do i get for that one that chicken, dinner. chicken dinner <laughs> <huh>? <laughs> so anyway 
whatever you can uh, need to help your car, we can sit down with you. We can go through that with you and kind of help you guide you through what you want to spend and everything else from that part. So uh, anyway, time's flying. We're having fun, guys. We're already almost coming up on the end of this hour and everything else, too. So next week, we're going to have Calvin uh, Shield on with our show. He's our next guy that's going to he's got a lot of experience with paint protecting up, excuse me with the ceramic coating. We just sent him and Nor to uh, Houston for three or four days to actually start getting better with that on the paint uh, protection film, which you've got a lot of experience in that too, right? Six years. Of applying that. That's a whole nother animal we're going to spend some time with too so people can understand that part of the two of, you know, why do we need to put the PPF on versus doing a ceramic coating and all that kind of stuff. We can get more into details of that kind of stuff too. So anyway, we're just here to kick off our Mel Hamilton auto spa that we built a new building for and uh, going through all the different ideas of things we can do to help protect your car, make it last longer, look longer, better, all that kind of thing from that part too, um, from that standpoint. So what am I missing? So, you know, we talked about uh, the facility a lot or hadn't really talked about the facility a lot, but just how important that it is to, to be able to do it in the proper light and proper mm -hmm. ventilation and, you know, stuff like that. Uh, what it once somebody's went through this process and done this what's maintenance look like so the first maintenance i always schedule it 14 days from the installation of the coating so um, so two weeks after yeah. uh you do yeah, so you got your your week of the hard curing stage and then you got a week of of just kind of like a fine-tuning let it really get done and then you'll come back, and then I like to get my hands on it and wash it first to make sure everything is performing how it should. Because at that time, if if something were to be missed, I want to be able to take care of it. And so, what you're looking for, uh, you know, when that's when you're in the process of washing it, I'm assuming like how the water's beating, yeah. you know, what beating, areas of the car uh, uh, beating. If if something needs a little more attention, um, if there was a high spot that was missed or anything like that. Just making sure that it is what you paid for is performing how it should be. Sure. And then as far as, uh, okay, now somebody's, obviously, uh, we've put this on or installed it. You know, this is not something that you're now going to just take the car through and auto wash yeah. or something afterwards. I mean, that's uh, that's going to beat the, beat the yeah. coating up and, and things like that. And so there's definitely some care that needs to be taken throughout that process. But what's uh, on the superior package with uh uh gianni what's the service interval of that like when does that need to be reapplied or so it's usually every six months to a year i suggest doing six months or sooner um just because the more that you can keep off that coating the longer it's going to last because yeah. if you were to just come in and only do a year or every you're talking, yeah. yeah. you're talking about a maintenance wash. Yeah, you're talking about. Yeah, not a not a reapply of coating. Yeah, yeah you're talking about no. to maintenance wash. It. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So you the coatings can still get that iron and fallout to settle on it. That's what you can do to keep that fully off. So that that's maintenance. that is kind of set on there. Obviously, it's not as much because of the slickness, but. It still will attach. You just want to get rid of that stuff because that will start to dwindle that coating down if it's not taken care of. Okay, got a couple questions coming through. Rex wants, do any local trade schools teach these processes? Do you know of anybody local? And I think um, McPherson College, like Jay Leno's deal, I think they're starting to have a course because he has his own product line 
that came out. Okay. Um, we need to do a little more research on that because you know I'll what? We might need it. to dial into some of those schools and start doing a little recruiting there to come work in our detail yep. shop. And we're all yep. done and everything else too from that part. So we need to do a little research on that also. So great question, Rex. And then Delbert comes back is what if your vehicle has a lot of rock chips in it? And what would be the best option in that case? So you got a car. Delbert's a, I think he does both Lyft and uh, Uber. So his car's got a, quite a few miles on it. Guaranteed he's got some rock chips in it because he knows he does and everything else in that part. What would you do for a customer? What should, a, that's a great question. What should someone do if their car has got some rock chips and stuff in it? Yeah. So right. there's there's a couple of different ways. you can We can either touch them up. You can obviously have it repainted and then film installed. But it's never too late. If it's something that's used all the time for just that one purpose, you could even just throw the film. We can touch them up, put the film on there, and it'll keep it from furthering chipping. Yeah. So should he worse. put, should Delbert in his situation, since he's on the road all the time like I that, highly suggest it. Does he need ceramic coating or does he need the PPF? Paint protection film. Because ceramic yeah. coatings are more for that UV protection easier washing it's easier to maintain you can keep it nice a lot longer but it does not help from rock chips or i mean a little bit on scratching but paint protection film is the top protection that you can do on a vehicle in in today's okay so delver you need to put a little ppf on the front of that car of yours to help protect it more going down the road but what do you suggest should we touch it up and then put the ppf on yeah, I always suggest doing it. It looks it looks better, helps it kind of tie it up because, I mean, this film can last 12 years. Yeah, well, the other side I, of that is, you know, uh, touching it up, but then uh, if you were in, if say it was really bad and you had to repaint it, you're not going to just no. put PPF on it right after it's been yeah. repainted. There's got to be a curing Having process or time to 90 for that, days after you paint, paint it. And what about the rock chips? Like in Delbert's situation, how long we touch up the paint now again we've got all the touch-up equipment now too to touch up cars and everything else from that part uh so how long would that have to set for you put ppf on it a couple hours oh there's a couple hours yeah. so it could be a one process step to come in yeah. touch up the front of his car let it set a couple hours and then come in because that is true that i mean the ppf ain't gonna take it off it's gonna hold it in yeah. inside of there but really the, the idea behind putting the touch-up paint is just a an appearance thing it's not gonna do anything any different yeah. by not having the having the paint he could go ahead and put ppf on with the chips right yeah and keep it from doing worse damage than what it's done so far but it would look an appearance side of it to make it look better to go ahead and go touch them up let us set a couple hours and then put some film on there too I mean, so if you're going to have a product that lasts a while and you can see through it it's best to just take care of the yeah. stuff that you can and that's the other thing is we're using a lumar valor film and uh, we'll get more into that in a couple more shows down the road here and stuff too, more detail with that. But we went with the best film there is, uh, not a two-year, three-year, five-year. This has a 12-year warning. The reason I did that is I, I want to put a product on your car that's going to do the best job I possibly can. I don't want to do a subpar job on that film. Uh, but then again, on the ceramic coating, that's why we've got to offer different things because not everybody's going to spend the time and the money to go in and paint, correct their cars and, and everything else in that part. The average human on, the, on an average everyday car probably doesn't see the scratches that you see because you're trained eye and all the time you spent looking at cars. You can, I mean, the other day we was driving and, and picked out a dent in a, in a van. I didn't even see it. So, I mean, it's just you've got the trained eye for it because that's what you do and everything else in that part. It's kind of like me and Josh, we get in the car the first thing we do. Look up the oil change sticker, see if it's due for an oil change. 
Yeah. Just did it yesterday, didn't I, Josh? Yep. Drumming crazy. Anyway, so we're running out of time, everybody. Uh, thanks for the great questions. Thanks for all that. Next week, we'll have Calvin Shield on. He's also the manager of our, of our uh, details, Mel Hamilton Auto Spa. And we'll have him on to get his opinion. Maybe sometime we'll get all three of you guys on here together. Yeah. Let's get, get that camera pushed way back, Josh. We can get everybody <laughs> in the picture and everything else, too. We'll look at little people sitting over here. Going to go out there to do that. The yeah. Well, we talked about doing that, too. We can have the guys working in the background yeah. doing some stuff as we're doing it. Maybe we can show some before and afters of that as we take the camera and show some befores yeah. and afters. So maybe that's what we do next week. We just go out in the shop and do the show out there. Have have you guys on. and You guys yeah. can show some polishing and take might the camera over and show some before and afters. Might have to be a two-hour special. What could it be? <laughs> That's the blessing behind this thing. We can be on here as long as we want and everything else, too. So anyway, yes, thanks, Rex. Uh, glad to put some more stuff in the show, different things. Thanks for the great callers, everything. Delbert, thanks again for all your comments and everything else, too. Uh, <clears throat> yes, it is best to get everything done when it's a new car. And I'm going to tell you, everybody, just as you're listening here, what my plan is, is we are eventually going to, once we get all of our processes and people hired and get this thing dialed in like we need to, when you purchase your new car, you're going to have the option of buying this stuff brand new, right out of the gate so you can protect your car for a long-term investment and everything else too not quite there yet are we but we're getting there. getting there we are gaining leaps and bounds on our new mel hamilton auto spa if you got any questions comments whatever on that need some help with that got questions let us know we'd love to help you with that protect your car make them look better and stand up longer and everything else in that part and as always josh we keep forgetting our great sponsors we have with this we do yep. anyway big corner creative yes that's our advertising company right down here just east of the dealership off of mays and kellogg Jesse runs that department over there. He's got a great clan of people over there that do everything for advertising your company, vehicle wraps, race car wraps, window tinting, anything you need to do to advertise your business or help do that kind of thing. As those guys say, just Google us. Uh, BG products, all the great preventative maintenance products we use right inside here at Mel Hamilton Ford. And yes, it's not snake oil. It's great products that'll help your car run many, many more miles. Just had a conversation again yesterday with a customer, Josh, the customer argued with me that it's not in the owner's manual for these kind of things. And I use my same terminology that manufacturer only cares about that car to get through the warranty period. What's in your owner's manual is the minimum minimum you need to do to protect your investment and make it lift last as many long miles as expensive these cars are getting from that part. But BG products has some great products there for you too. Hey, go to rent. Hey, summertime is coming. The 12 and 15 passenger vans. I know the other day I went back to rent one from Stan. He's completely out uh, from rental. So if you're needing some, please pre-plan and get in there. We're, I'm still trying to stock his inventory up, but as you know, the supply levels are getting better with the new cars and everything else too. We actually finally got some frack rental yep. units in yep. brand new the other day. That's the first time in two years. Uh, that we've got some new cars that show up that I've been trying to get and finally getting some of those too. So if you need a rental car, something to get to, to grant, uh, holidays, uh, holidays are coming, yeah. uh, summer vacations, whatever, give Stan a call right inside here at Mel Hamilton Ford at GoToRent. Everybody have a great Saturday, and we'll talk to you next Saturday from the Mel Hamilton Auto Spa.